Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans, and massive online group rides made fun. Because fun works, and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central and or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me in the studio all the way, uh, all the way from Sydney, because you just landed pretty much, uh, it's Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave, how are you? I am worn out. It's the end of the season. I feel like, I still feel like a pro, even though I'm a long way from it, but you know, I a commentating pro. I'm at the end of the year. I'm ready to put the feet up. It was, but it was a fantastic world. Absolutely. Before we start, actually, again, I've got a quick question for you. Uh, I've watched the broadcast. Uh, you guys are in a little hut. You and Kino and uh, and the people are joining you. In front of you, there's a plate, a platter with yes. few Tim Tams and snakes yes. and uh, Maltesers and what have you. They don't Ke- seem to just go away during the broadcast. Are they in plastic or are you guys just non-humans? What do you mean? We eat them. He doesn't, we... doesn't look like he's been oh, eating. Oh, no, we hook in. We absolutely got stuck into them. I mean... He doesn't look like it on... Two on... nights, two takeaway pizzas. Um, so, you know, the diet wasn't good, I must say, for the world champs. But um, no, no, we had our fair share of tweets. I, I think, you know, it was that poor little one Tim Tam that was left. And Yeah, maybe I'd, maybe I'd I'd I refer to that Tim Tam. <laughs> you, know, you know when you don't want to take the last one? You feel a bit guilty, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, I've had two or three. How many has she had? How many has he had?" And everyone <laughs> leaves the last one. Someone just eat it for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so you are all humans. You're yes. not just completely crazy and yes. just leave. And I was wondering, can come on, guys? Like you can be fit and everything, do it, but do come it. on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we go in details, I want you to listen to this. There's the one kilometer marker. This is a thousand meters of celebration just as the warm-up from what will be an enormous night that I hope goes well into the morning and perhaps reaches lunchtime tomorrow. The last corner. She can now just about see the finish line. Go as slow as you possibly can to make it last for as long as it can. It's been a picture of concentration for the last 105 kilometres. The smile now stretches from ear to ear. This has been a performance for the ages. Annemiek van Bluten is the world champion. She absorbs the applause and she collects a rainbow jersey. That was exceptional. That was, of course, uh, the finish uh, of Annemiek van Vluten. Uh, Annemiek van Vluten, 105 kilometers breakaway by all means, Rider of the Week. 100%. Absolutely. It, yeah, and, and it's fitting that we start off talking about her and her ride, and you just said at 105 kilometres, solo break, I think it's the longest, possibly the longest, one of the longest ever breaks, winning breaks that mm-hmm. we've seen solo in the World Champs, certainly, you know, the last 30-odd years or more. Um, Do you think she could believe it even when she sort of went on that breakaway going 105 years, that's actually no, where I'm going to go? <laughs> no, no. She, she, I think she planned, well, she certainly planned to attack there and surge. They'd surged on the climb before the Dutch. Um, and I, I, when I went back and actually watched the replay, I think um, 
uh, might have been on the preview show for the men's or, mm. or, or when the coverage started, we, we sort of recapped, obviously, what happened in the women's race. And when she attacked, Lizzie Dynan was on her wheel, yep. was effectively on her wheel and just couldn't follow. And they were all sort of scrambling, trying to follow her. And, and so we, know, she, we know what quality of a ride she actually produced as well. And she's a, well, she's a former world champ. She Absolutely. won in Richmond, Dynan. So, yeah, the best in the world were there. They were all scrambling on her wheel. And they just sort of couldn't hold her. And then I guess they didn't panic. They regrouped. And then what is quite astonishing is for the next 40 kilometers, she effectively, once that gap established, she sat at 40 seconds. She went to about 45 and then she go to about 40. Then she go to 47 and she dropped back to 42. Then you go to 44. It sat like that for 40 kilometers. Yeah. So how mentally tough she is, you know, physically, yes, you've got to just keep pushing on the pedals, but you know you've got a group chasing you from behind. You're solo. And on those, you know, it wasn't a warm day. They had obviously better conditions than the men. But the fact that she could just grind yep. it out and then finally she cracked them. You know, it wasn't the group that cracked her. She cracked them. And what, she wins by two minutes. It was phenomenal. Absolutely. Let's listen to our interview straight after uh, winning the world championship for this year. I thought uh, my mother is here. That was really special for me. Um, my father's a little bit needed. I also the earrings I was wearing in Rio Olympics. So, yeah, it was such a big dream for me to be actually yeah, world champion already on the time trial. But on the road, you can wear it so much more often. And actually... I, I couldn't almost. Be, I was really also enjoying the moment actually on the finish line. Yeah, it was. I really, I really, I really enjoyed all the people. They were crazy here today in Yorkshire, and everyone was cheering for me. And goosebumps. So that was, of course, the world champion uh, Anamik van Vluten. The rainbow jersey is going to be on the shoulders of someone from Michelton Scott. That is that is a great story, isn't it? And uh, no, it's fantastic. And look, Amanda Spratt, and we'll get more into her in a second finishing third on that team, they're tight, tight teammates, roommates throughout the season. So they're really becoming one of the, well, they are, they already were one of the, the biggest teams in the world in mm -hmm. women's cycling. And I think now next year, 2020, they're going to be a dominant squad, at, at least on paper they're going to look at, aren't they? Absolutely. And then what was beautiful as well is all the Aussie waiting for Spratty to arrive and yeah. just jump on her and, you know, just give her the biggest accolade ever. How beautiful was this? Yeah, it was. It was. And... Look, I'll be honest, at times I don't get caught up uh, in the, in the emotions. somewhere. Yeah, no, somewhere I totally am. <laughs> you know I am. But then at other times I go, well, yeah, that's bike racing. But it was awesome. And, and you know why it's awesome? Because tell me where else we've seen that uh, in cycling. I don't know. I don't think we have. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think we, we – don't, you don't see it in the men. Men are too macho for that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we've seen it in other women's teams. So – it's oh, not in the world, but like if I can refer back to the Tour de France, we saw that a little bit with uh, Bernal, don't you think? When, uh, or maybe not Bernal, but like I'm gonna go, no, I'm gonna no. actually go, you guys search uh, that, I'm, no. get back to me. <laughs> I'm gonna change this. Uh, Ala Philippe, when he wins the, the time trial at the Tour de France, yeah, that's pretty. He swan years were there, there were no riders ah, there. Okay. That's different, okay. though. Okay. That, I mean, the two is I'll, no, I'll let you off on that one, the technicality, because <laughs> they've gone back to the hotel room, and, all right, okay, but it's. But it, yeah, no, it was a jokes aside. It was pretty special, and I think a special mention needs to go to Jessica Allen because yep. her race was only about forty kilometres to the base of that climb, but it was a crucial job that she did. She sat on the front effectively that whole time, and kept Spratty in about you know in the top five all the way to the base of that climb, and she became effectively that role 
ended up being the most important job of the day uh, for the Australians at least. So, um, but there was no stopping Anna Meek, was there? I know, and and then I mean, she's just such a lovely personality as well. I mean, when I whenever I saw her on a bike, you know, I, I recall when we saw her in the Dutch Corner two years ago. Yes, uh, and yeah. she was just sharing and yeah. uh, let's not name it Heineken yeah, uh, yeah. With, with her fellow Dutchies yeah, just yeah, yeah. casually, and we were there. Remember that? Yeah, that I, I thought of that actually. That was um, yeah, it was. She's a real bubbly sort of personality, isn't she? And she's been out to Australia. Uh, obviously for racing, but she's been out on extended periods um, a few years ago now and for a couple of times. And yeah, we all got to sort of get to know her a little bit at least and, and how she ticks. But she she really is just a bubbly, friendly, sort of easygoing person. And she's also a superstar. She's one of the world's best cyclists. No, she's, the, she's the world best for this year, at least. She is. Well, she has been the last two years, mm-hmm. I think you can argue. Um, and and when, we're, when we're sort of dissecting her win and the type of rider that she's been and become... You know, I think it was was it last year, uh, the stage, uh, La Course, mm-hmm. and it was the stage, the same stage that Julian Alaphilippe won, mountain stage. That didn't finish on a mountain, but it was a downhill descent. Anna Meek caught Van der Breggen in the last twenty meters. Correct. Remember that. Yeah. And I think we all agreed because that Tour de France, apart from the Alaphilippes and a few moments like that, it wasn't a super exciting Tour de France. La Course, that mm-hmm. was the best day on the Tour de France. And it was because of La Course that day. And it was Anna Meek with the win that she got that day over a compatriot, but on different teams, uh, obviously, for, for La Course. So she's produced some amazing rides in her career. And, and the world's, in some ways, it was no surprise, was it? Absolutely. And uh, no one can challenge us on this. Rider of the week. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. Don't even try and argue, people. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the men. Uh, we have a surprise winner. We knew we were going to have a surprise winner. Uh, pretty much we knew that we didn't know who was going to win uh, this uh, uh, this race. And uh, the weather played its part. So let's detail all this. First of all, I think I did put a tweet on it. Actually, I know I did put a tweet on it. Britain needs a roof now for every single international event they organize because they do Wimbledon relatively well. They've got a roof. But the weather in Yorkshire over the week and, oh. and on Sunday was just rubbish. Yeah, it That's was, a British word, rubbish. Was it? Was that out of the box, that weather? I mean, we know they get a lot of rain. So I tell you something. I mean, it was, it was, the roads I, were flooded. Yeah, i tell you something. I used to work, I used to live in Hull, which is not too far. It's actually in Yorkshire as well, but it's on the other side. But uh, not too far. No, it's not out of the box because it's, it's actually a wet part. I mean, how green is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get true. that green. Oh, I thought <laughs> they nothing. just watered up, you know, <laughs> in the build-up, <laughs> planted no, the daisies. We, and... We've seen some incredible footage over the whole week, and yeah. we'll concentrate on the, on, the, on the men's race in a, in a second. But yeah. uh, the time trial, for example, we come back to the victory from Rowan Dennis, but some of the footage where we saw guys that just pretty much end up swimming yeah, in, in the, the under-23s yeah. and the juniors, yeah, it was it was incredible, wasn't it? It was, yeah, that was off the charts, Um uh, yeah, it was crazy. But, but he, make, he makes for a good race, though. <laughs> uh, it does. But, yeah, the men's road race, I mean, the weather, as we know, and a 265-kilometre race that was slightly shortened, mm-hmm. I think, thankfully for everyone, not that it made much of a difference or any difference for that matter, but the weather certainly changed. Absolutely. Uh, the, well, the outcome to a degree. Okay, I've got a question for you. Uh, we lost Gilbert pretty early on the race and by losing Gilbert we've uh, we've lost uh, Evan Paul as well because Evan yep. Paul has just done the most ultimate uh, team sacrifice, sacrifice yeah. where he could actually when you look back at the race he could have been in that mix yep. uh, but anyway uh, 
Is losing Gilbert that early on in the race changed the cards on the race? No, no, but I I don't think so. But I think Gilbert would have been one rider that would have came out of the peloton, potentially with Sagan, or he would have jumped before Sagan did. Sagan waited and waited and waited. Yeah, too late. He had no teammates, so he just had to wait, and he had to rely on the Belgians um, you know, and a couple of the other strong nations. And the Australians, they didn't have that horsepower at the end. Actually, on Sagan, sorry to interrupt, but you made a very good point, you guys. I can't remember if it's you or, or Kino that made on the broadcast. But, oh, but it was uh, a good point. It was definitely me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'll give you this one. Uh, let's rewind the tape. Uh, now, um, you guys said that uh, if he was his first champion, he would have gone earlier. Yes. But the experience made that he went too late. It, well, I actually did say that. You're yeah, right. It's true. Yeah. And look, I, th- I think that's that's the case. But, but however, and Matty sort of seconded it, but he also said, and it was another good point, that he had no choice. He had to wait. You know, and he, obviously he's confident. Three world championships. He, 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 was, he had a cool head and he was waiting and waiting and waiting. But then that gap grew. And because of Moscon... Um, who was drilling it, obviously, for Trentin. Um, you know, and they were all working. Stefan Kung was working, and then, of course, the eventual winner, Mads Pedersen. They were all drilling it. But isn't it ironic that when you think about it, Matthew van der Poel and Mike Tunison, the Dutch, the two Dutch, they actually drove the break, both of them separately, because van der Poel went across, remember? Tunison yep. was already out there, and he was rotating turns, gets dropped. Van der Poel gets across, drives it, establishes the break, and then explodes. So the Dutch effectively won the race for that for that breakaway group <laughs> and then didn't figure. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not I'm just being cheeky because Vanderpoel's ride was exceptional. And it's a shame because it was Matthew's day as well. It, when you look at when when we saw that breakaway and you guys were saying, "Oh, they're just they're just riding away from uh, from the peloton," and you look yeah. at the composition of who was in there, yeah. you go, mm, "Van der Poel is no one would beat him exactly." But then, you know, Have it's you ever a world see, title. When it's, was the last time you saw someone just empty the tank this capitulate much? Capitulate like that, yeah. like never. Maybe, maybe when I was a, under fourteen, um, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Kudo, kudos he finished the race though he could have just pulled out and then finished I thought he was going to pull out me too but yeah, he, and, he and I wouldn't have I don't to be honest I don't I think Matty was Keenan was like oh it's great that he finished I, I don't think that's I think he's great he finished it's yeah just... nah rubbish rubbish <laughs> get off the course mate you know they want to they want to start packing up the barriers <laughs> yeah 10 minutes 10 yeah, minutes yeah no, I mean, you know what I'm actually surprised he only lost 10 minutes mm-hmm. um, but he's He's a multiple world champion already in other disciplines. So, yeah, look, it's it's it is good he finished, I guess. But I'll be I'll be really blunt and frank. It's about winning. Yeah, for these guys, yeah, yeah. it's about winning. Absolutely, you know, or, medal, or, or being on the podium. We'll talk about Pedersen uh, in a sec. But uh, talking about it's about winning, not even on the podium. The face from Trentin oh. on the podium, you could feel the pain because, I mean, you could see if you read lip. If you lip read what he said at the end, there was a few swear words in English. Yeah, yeah. He was disappointed. And he has a right to be. Um, but, and with that though, I'll also say, I just read his quotes earlier today and he, he, he he's, he's taken on the chin. Yes, he's, he's angry, but he's taken on the chin. He said, I was beaten by a better guy. There was, he said there was one guy better than me. That's mm-hmm. bike racing. So he's taken on, but it's just a bitter pill to swallow because... We all, we all thought, I don't think there was a single person there, maybe the Danes only, thought 
yep. that Pedersen was going to out-sprint Trentin as easy as he did. Like, he got him by four lengths. Yeah, but having said this, Trentin didn't sprint. He went 50 metres and boom. Well, that was it. He had yep. nothing. <laughs> because the last climb, the last climb, I've got to say, generally I reckon I'm a pretty good reader of riders, even riders that I don't know or haven't known personally. So the Australian riders, you know, you just, you know their style, you know a bit more when they're struggling or when they're feeling good, when they're bluffing, and other riders that I know on the European circuit. But I thought I'd picked the scenario. Kung was, in fact, riding the strongest up that last climb, but he's a strong time trialist. He's not going to be able to sprint and match those mm-hmm. two. I think that was apparent. Pedersen was getting dropped. Yep. Pedersen had lost one or two lengths. Trentin was right up on the wheel of Stefan Kung, but he wasn't super keen to come over, but he was right up on the wheel. So Matty and I pretty much just went, it's Trentin's. How can anyone beat him? He's in great form. He's, you know, we know what he's done in the past already. He's won a stage of the tour this mm-hmm. year. European champion. Yep. So, and I think Trentin believed that himself, and he had a right to. He mm-hmm. had a right to believe it. But the Danes, they have always produced really good rides at the Worlds. He's brought home the first elite world title for the Danes. Okay. Uh, they have won amateur world championships in the past when professionals and amateurs were separate. But they've always had some really good results. Matty Breschel is the sort of last name that I can think of who's had a silver and a bronze in the last sort of 15 years. Um, so the Danes, they've got this, they've got something that they've bottled up at World Championships and they know how to produce some really good results and ride together really well as a team. And they were just the sleepers, weren't they? Mm-hmm. They were the Smokies and the sleepers and none of us really, really considered them. Talk to us about Pedersen because this, when you look at the pedigree of the, the riders, he's not a nobody. No. Far, far from it. it yeah. He's young, but he's not. Yeah, good point. Good question. He's, Thank I you. first Thank you. <laughs> come across him. I first came across him at the Jaco Herald Sun Tour and only a couple of years ago. And he won a stage there, a sprint finish. He beat Steel von Hoff. Mm-hmm. Now, Steel von Hoff. Uh, Commonwealth champion. Yeah. Now, and this is no disrespect to Steel, but he has not won on the big, big stage. Mm-hmm. But Steel is a fast bike rider. A sprinter is a sprinter. And Steel is a very quick bike rider, or was. He's since retired. But he got the better of Steel there and a couple of other handy sprinters. And we we're aware of that. So. He's got some pedigree. Sure, the J.K. Hill Sun Tour is not a world tour race. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. a big, big tour. But I also found out since he was junior Paris-Roubaix champion. So he won the junior Paris-Roubaix. And in the same year, I think it was 2013, he was second in the junior world road race championship in Florence. And I was on the ground actually in Italy uh, that year covering the worlds. I don't remember Mads Pedersen coming second. But guess who he came second to? I don't know. Matthew Vanderpoel. There we go. <laughs> so there they are doing it out, doing battle. And Vanderpoel would have been well aware, I'd imagine, of Pedersen. Um, but it didn't matter because Vanderpoel got dropped. But he has got pedigree, this guy. And remember, he was second in Flanders in 2018. Yep. So, and he's 23. He's not the ever youngest. But he's as, he's about the same age as Oscar Freire, the great Spaniard, who won three world championships when mm-hmm. he won his first. He was 23 years old. So that's quite interesting because it's also, we can feel there's a page turning. You know, the, when you look at uh, the age of the winners of the Grand Tour this year and then who they are. It's a young rider, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's, so it's, it's fitting, it's fitting for, for, for the year of cycling we had. It if, is, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, now look, it was brilliant. And if we can just quickly, you know, 
touch on the, I guess, the winners and the losers. Well, there was only one winner. It was Matt <laughs> Pedersen, as harsh as it sounds. It's actually a fact. Michael Matthews, 24th. Yep. He'll be disappointed, but I think he did the best that he could do on the day. The weather affected him, but it affected everyone. So I think he'll take it on the chin and he'll move on from it. I'll take another one on the chin. Ala Philippe, I'll take this one on the chin as well. Yeah, we well, can he say was he's a big loser. loser, wasn't he? You yeah. said, "Oh, he actually finished in the front group before we came around." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, but he's, he's still a loser, pal." <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, but he was. He'll be he'll be disappointed, Ala Philippe. But I think, like all of those guys, and I think I saw a quote from Valverde who withdrew, said he was frozen to the bone. Yeah, but for, like, just one second on Ala Philippe. Uh, do you think that that would him and his team now need to sit down and rethink how they? target the year because it seems to me that Alaphilippe went in every race oh so you went to Koenig yeah yeah to Koenig and and then they they went with every race and every race he entered he went for the win but he won most of them yeah but is that not too much no when you look at the year well well, he needs to well maybe I'm I'm not sure he needs to first he needs to sit down with himself and his coach so not his team. Well, mm-hmm. his team obviously will be involved in the discussion, but he he maybe needs to decide if he ever if he wants to pursue the Tour de France for three weeks and you know try and win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he will. Yeah. And and then so then if he does that, obviously the whole race program changes. Or if he just keeps doing what he's doing because it's working. Now the World Championships, yeah. Or if he says I want to, I actually want to be in the best shape possible. I want to be in Tour de France shape by the World Championships. Well, then something's got to give. So you're right. Something, if he does want to perform at the World Champs, or does he want to go in there still really good? And look, the other thing is, I think you can, we can, we can analyse it. We can overanalyse these World Championships to the detriment, mm-hmm. really. And it's unfair because it was such a rain-soaked, tough, brutal race there were 46 finishes, 46 <laughs> finishes in the world title. So it was a out-of-the-box one, you know, and the weather affected so many sort of superstars, you know, Michael Matthews, Alaphilippe, Valverde, Gilbert, well, he crashed out. It was due to the weather. Vanderpoel cracked. Yeah. In, in reasonable weather, he might not have. He only cracked with about eight, nine kilometres to go. So, yeah, I don't think we, can, we should judge too much on Alaphilippe. No, to, no. to go back and answer that question, or, um, or any of them, any of the yeah, them, yeah, absolutely. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a quick one because Pedersen uh, is bringing a rainbow jersey alongside Richie Porte next year uh, at the Trek Segafredo team. Uh, they're looking pretty sharp now already. Trek I, I would, or not? Well, I would reckon that Segafredo would be just surely there'd be a bonus of a few more coffee machines on the team bus yeah. for the world for the world colors surely they could broker a bit more of but a, is that is that like let's be frank yeah. is this not a problem for richie port or is it is no it... no not at all Pedersen's not a, a general classification rider if anything i think it's fantastic it well it is fantastic mm-hmm. and i mean look at the team they've got suddenly yep the shark mm-hmm. they got nibbly um you've got the world champion you know, they've got suddenly Trek. They've sort of been a little bit lacklustre the last couple of years in terms of their whole season. Mm-hmm. For a team that's a, you know, they're a big budget squad. And, you know, they've had Alberto Contador. Obviously, he's retired. So they were lacking um, Fabian Cancellara. You know, so they hadn't hit those big heights uh, for a few years. They're back on track. Absolutely. And, and it's amazing what winning the World Championships does. I mean, this this 
kid. He's a kid. He's 23 years of age, this Pedersen. I think I think he'll be a really a really good world champion for the sport. So. Yeah, and and being a young one, I think it's I think it's even better. Absolutely. Um, Let's round up the rest of the competition. Yep. Uh, there's two points I want uh, to discuss. Uh, first of all, Rowan Dennis, world champion, brilliant. Uh, I just love this story. The fact that he focused on one thing and then that proves that the the resilience, the determination, and whatever happened in the past is in the past, and then he was able to refocus and and uh, and put that put that jersey uh, back on his shoulders because he's, he just defended this title. Uh, one, how awesome is this? And also this news from Bahrain Merida that basically they terminated his contract two weeks ago, but they yeah. let him uh, f- concentrate on this race. Uh, was this a gentleman agreement? Yeah, Wh- what do good, we know? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, no, it's not. I don't think, no, because they've said Rowan Dennis has now seeked arbitration. Yeah. To, to so he didn't know, or did he? Well, maybe he knew, but he disagreed. Yeah, okay. And he said, no, you're breaking my contract. And look, I think he's on a big contract. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, all, we all hear rumours about what riders are on and this and that. Rowan is on a big contract. So it's a lot of money, and he's got a year to run on it. So, of course, he wants to... You know, he wants to make that money in in the 2020 season. So he's got a dilemma on his hands. But he also wants to ride. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if I can be completely unbiased Mm -hmm. about it all, he made a big mistake just pulling the pin at the Tour de France. You know, if, if if what we think is correct is that he had a brain snap over the, the bike, the time trial bike, and I'm sure that was the icing on the cake. There was maybe a few other things. But predominantly, if that's what he pulled out of the Tour de France for, it was just a bad call. But look, that's Rowie, and that's what makes him a world beater too. That's what mm-hmm. makes him so good. But should Bahrain Merida adapt to this though? Because we we saw Sky slash Ineos adapt to someone like Moscon. So yeah. Mo- Moscon snapping, and then they sort of went into counselling, and they sort of helped him as well. Should Bahrain Merida, and I'm being the devil's advocate yeah. here, and I'm being biased actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, but it's, have, a, it's a discussion mm, to have, and... Look, part of me says yes, but look, they're the ones they're the ones paying the money and they say, Well, guess what? It's a buyer's market. There's plenty of good bike riders where you came from, pal. There's not time trialists at the moment like him. Yep. He's a one off. Look, at, at the end of the day, we can we can argue and debate that, but it's their call, isn't it? And mm-hmm. Do you know what? Let's stop discussing about this yeah. because it's not our role to discuss about it. Let's talk about the performance on the day. Uh, he was just flying. Oh, the way he rode this. He, he, and we had Evan Paul that was in the, in, in the gold seat for a long time. First of all, before going to Ron Dennis, uh, Evan Paul, amazing. Another young rider. Yeah, yep. Yep. amazing on yep. the day. And then Ron Dennis comes in, put the turbines on a minute. Yeah, he's, There's a minute difference. Yeah, look, he's off the charts. He's off the charts. We have to go back, we, not so much to the debate on, but more so the discussion on where will he go now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because, and I said it, I said it in the commentary, I don't know if you heard it, I truly believe Rowan Dennis, within the right environment, for him, mm-hmm. not necessarily, it's not necessarily the right, the right environment, but it's the right environment for him, I believe he can give a serious tilt at a Grand Tour. So to win a what grand tour. is the right environment? Because you saw the... Instagram story he just posted. Yeah, he's uh, posting. A, well, you showed it to me. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't so throw me under I, the no, bus. I, I know. I know you saw it because <laughs> I showed it to you. I did show it to you. Uh, there is this jersey that looks like nothing we know and a lot like Ineos, Ineos. We know without any sponsors yeah, or anything. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird post. 
you know what 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 is this no i I've, I've there, there was some rumor bantering around look i'll be honest i don't read all the you know when you get on the forums and stuff you, there are forums out there i do not get on them really mm -hmm. at all but you can't help but hear that noise you know you hear it from a work colleague or you hear it from someone else on a on a bike ride so i i have heard some rumor that Ineos was signing him but i just don't believe it i no. just don't think I don't think they wouldn't. I don't think they need to. But the, the, how intriguing is this post? Oh, when you have is. the jersey, you don't know what it is. You know it doesn't where he say anything. Go. You know where I think he should go and whether or not it's the right, the actual right fit, but I think it wouldn't be a bad fit. Dimension data. Good. They need someone. They need a big marquee rider. And guess what bikes they're on? <laughs> BMC. BMC. <laughs> and I reckon he likes BMC because that's what he rode in the TT. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. But it was a blank canvas frame. It looked a lot like a BMC time trial bike. Remember, he was at BMC, the team, previously. Do Doug you know, Ryder, do you if you're listening, and Doug Ryder's a good guy, and I think, I think he w might be the answer to sort of make that right mould for Rowan Dennis. Mm -hmm. Dougie Ryder, look into it. You might have to come up with some money, though, because he's got some rainbow bands that he's just <laughs> going to wear for another year. So, uh, Do you know where we don't want him to go? Where? Cofidis. Ooh, you've gone more anti than me on Cofidis. <laughs> no, I'm just, all just over Cofidis now. <laughs> I've actually joined up. I've joined up. I've, what do they do? Insurance? Yeah. No, they are a credit card. And oh, credit yeah, yeah. I've just got. I've just signed <laughs> up for a credit card. But yeah. no, I'm just saying this because, you know, imagine if we if he ended up in Cofidis with everything we've said about Maybe Cofidis. He Maybe he you know what? This isn't as silly as it sounds. Cedric Vasseur has been the one who has sort of orchestrated the big change there. I'm only kidding, by the way. No, but, but actually... That could be a good call. It's not a... Although, you know, once bitten, twice shot, Nasa Buhani. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've just they've just boxed him out of the ring, finally. Um, yeah, but they just no. they just signed Viviani. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yep. but no, they, they, which, it doesn't mean anything, but it also means that they've got a bit of money yeah. and they are looking at better that team a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. uh, look, an interesting fact, though, on the Rowie-Dennis case. So, apparently, according to that press release, it is at arbitration. He, so, he's obviously trying to keep his contract with Bahrain. And I think that's more for the the financial benefit, mm -hmm. I imagine. So it'll go into arbitration. Rowan's manager, I believe, is the same manager who manages um, Sam Bennett, the Irishman, okay. whose contract is also at arbitration. And this is one of the McQuaid boys who manages both Rowie and Sam Bennett because Bennett had a contract with Bora for next year. Finer details needed to be sorted out. But he said, I'm out of here. You didn't put me in the Giro d'Italia. You didn't put me in the Tour de France. Well, Sagan goes there. We know that. He did go to the Vuelta, though. He did win stages. He wants to go to De Kuna Quickstep because Viviani has left, who you just mentioned. So McQuaid, he's got his hands full because he's got two marquee riders mm -hmm. and both are at arbitration now. So this is a story that's going to fuel our podcast for the next month, I think, at absolutely, least. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and the other thing I want to talk about is the Juniors World Championship and the DQ after uh, uh, the under 23 the under 23 yes, sorry yes Niels uh, Ekoff yeah the D being DQ'd 20 minutes yeah. after winning the race for something that happened 100 and plus 20 kilometers yeah, before yeah, yeah. what do you make of this uh, sloppy sloppy from the UCI once again so um, what, what's sloppy in this case the, the fact that they, they took 20 minutes after the win, yep. that they waited 100 and plus kilometers to actually even warn him that something would happen? What? For, yeah, exactly. Firstly and foremost, take out the fact what he did wrong. 
Yeah. Let's just say it Honest, was but... it was point blank. He, he he did the wrong thing. They took twenty minutes post race to DQ him. Something that happened effectively three hours prior during the race. And the fact is, there's people screaming on social media for and against this kid. By the way, so some are saying. 100% he drafted, he got an advantage. If you saw the crash, he was on the side of the road for about a minute 30. Yeah, holding his shoulder. Yeah, holding his shoulder. He said he popped his shoulder out and popped it back yeah. in. So then he gets going. Yes, he did draft for quite a while, They got, but they got him back to the convoy of cars and then he fought his way back. He had no advantage. You know, I, mm-hmm. and I, I know that if you draft for that long, yes, it is, he is breaking the rules, but I think... Circumstances. Circumstances, and it's more about how the UCI communicated it. They just communicated DQ, drafting, rule, you break rule, whatever, and that's it, they leave it. So they don't communicate it well. Mm-hmm. Um, they refuse to release the vision. Release the vision. Who cares? I mean, we have, what is it, goal assist? What is it, the arc yeah, in yeah, AFL yeah. or... Yeah. Everyone sees the vision live right there, and you can still debate it after. People and it's not like they're it. going to start riots by so, just releasing the vision. Yeah, just release the vision. Seriously, <laughs> if you're, you're not yeah. that big a deal, by the way, UCI. <laughs> so release the vision and do a better job at, at officiating our sporting events because they're pretty important. So that's probably what my more so bugbear is, just the way they deal with these situations. And the tears, yeah. the tears on his face. Jeez, after they're going that. to be after me, aren't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. So his number is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, And of course, the tears of the Colombian uh, rider waiting for his wheel. We we leave it on this emotional touch. Yes. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, it was. But the other thing, and I don't want to sound harsh here, but there's 20 other stories like that poor kid. It's just that we happen to see that one. And yeah, it was. It's the force of social media. It it is sad. Yeah, it is. But there's 20 other stories like that kid and people are saying, oh, they should give him a special prize. That's a bit like, you know, nowadays in modern society, primary school, every kid gets a medal. Yeah. Bull <laughs> garbage. That is garbage. I think my kids a couple of times, you know, finished fourth and fifth and they, the teachers or the, you know, school sports wanted to give them a rim. And I said, no, you didn't finish top three. No. <laughs> stop, stop making them feel like every time, you know, Get you're setting them up badly for failure because when they do fail in the real world, they go, "Oh, where's my, where's my, where's my, um, my bonus? Mm-hmm. I know I didn't make the grade uh, this month on sales, but I, shouldn't I get a little bit of a bonus? No, it's it's crazy. We're turning into grumpy old dads. <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I think I am. I think I am. Jeez, I'm on my bloody soapbox, aren't I? Come on, jeez. Thank you, Maka, for uh, popping in uh, straight uh, straight away from uh, from Sydney. Do you have any other news stuff you want to just add before we uh, we just uh, we just go? Look, it was a World Championships. Apart from all of that. And the drama is good as well because it gives us plenty to talk about. So in the end, I think wrapping up for me, it was a really great World Championships. And not only was it the year of the young rider, it was the World Championship of young riders as well. Absolutely. And it's not because the season is finished that we are going away. Uh, we are going to be here and then we carry on. We've got a lot of projects. Starts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next season starts already. Uh, we will, in the next few weeks, know about the Tour de France as well. We'll have the route uh, coming up, I believe, is on the 12th of October. Uh, so here we go. It never stops in cycling. Well, all, all, all I know is next year, I'm packing board shorts and thongs because it starts in Nice. Absolutely. Or oh, flongs, like my daughter called yeah. them. Flongs. Because <laughs> it's thongs and flongs. 
flip-flops in, in English. Flongs. <laughs> she called right. them flongs. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think there's a marketing idea there. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. Uh, this was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until the next episode, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. With training plans, interval workouts, group rides, and a global community to motivate you, level up, and become a stronger rider. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today for your free trial.